It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, will the starters be the downfall? Injury leads to opportunity, and two names we're not hearing. It's all next. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, and it starts now. Hitting Hard is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app and follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Well, in Pittsburgh last night, the Braves got off to another rough start as, um, you know, Spencer Strider was the latest starting pitcher to not exactly have his best outing. Strider went two and two-thirds innings, five hits, six earned runs with three walks and three strikeouts. Good news is he did not give up a home run, which has been his bugaboo this year, but 63 pitches where now his ERA has climbed up to 3.94. And this is just kind of symptomatic of some of the latest problems for the Atlanta Braves. As we talked about Elder yesterday, Morton has bounced up and down a little bit. You know, obviously, we're trying to figure out the back end of the rotation. We feel like Max Freed, and this is why this is so important, that he is a consistent starter in this rotation. But I'll say again the message I said yesterday, and I'll say it again today. This is not about the division. This is not about can we win the division. This is all about are we winning the World Series. It's World Series or bust, folks. There's nothing nothing short of that goal. If it's not a World Series championship, then this is a disappointing year. It is. I, I don't want to hear about divisions. I don't want to hear about, you know, we played really well. I don't want to hear about moral victories. I don't want to hear about anything can happen in a short series. I don't want to hear about any of that kind of stuff. This team is way too good. And if the starting pitching is the downfall, and again, we saw this last year where you thought you had a pretty good rotation, right? Right, and Freed and Morton and Strider and all these guys. And then it got to be where, well, Morton, or sorry, uh, Freed was was sick and, you know, he was under the weather and Strider was coming back from injury and all these different things that happened. And it was a bounce out from the Philadelphia Phillies. And it shouldn't be that way this year. You know, this team is too good, especially offensively. They're too good. But, you know, we've seen better Braves teams or comparable Braves teams in the past that their offense has been shut down. Look, that 2003 team we talk about, that's the gold standard for the Braves organization. The most runs in the modern era, the the 100 homer, 400 plus RBI outfield. And what happened when they got against Pryor and Wood? Sheffield, Chipper, Andrew, that whole team. That whole team as a whole, they couldn't, they flamed out, couldn't do anything against Pryor and Wood. Sheffield was especially bad. I think he had like what, three hits and 19 at bats or something crazy like that. I mean, it was rough all the way around. 
You know, good pitching shut down, good hitting at that point. And the Braves, you know, sauntered off and they were not to be heard from again that year. So this team is too good to have starting pitching be an issue. And I understand that they are relying on, because of injury, lots of young guys. I mean, say what you will about Strider, but again, he's still a very young guy. Obviously, Elder is in his first real season this year. You know, he only pitched, what, 54 innings or something like that, you know, in the past. Morton obviously is a guy who's the wily veteran, but he has his issues at times too. Freed has really been kind of that one solid rock. Again, six starts, only twice has he given up a run. And, and I know it's a really small sample size. And, and for all of those that are saying about, well, you know, when we get Kyle Wright back, okay, well, what tells you that A, Kyle Wright is coming back anytime soon, B, that he's going to be up to speed in a quick hurry, or C, the idea of, well, he's just going to come in there and he's going to be lights out for our rotation. Can't have too much starting pitching. And I don't want this to be the downfall of the Braves. I don't want this to be the thing that ends up costing them at the end of the day. You know, it, it they, they have too much talent. And even their starting pitching has a tremendous amount of talent. Like their starting pitching, Elder's an all-star. Strider's the leader for the, the Cy Young in the clubhouse. Morton is obviously a very capable pitcher. Max Fried is the best left-hander in baseball. Kyle Wright won 20 games last year. But all that could just be mishmash and just kind of go away at the end of the day. If you can't if you can't find a good group of starters. And look, Ian Anderson is out. He was your best pitcher a couple of years ago in winning the World Series. You know, it, it's still a battle of just trying to find some consistency night in, night out. And I'm not asking for consistency last night against the L.A. Dodgers or, you know, the Houston Astros or the Texas Rangers. I'm asking for some consistency against the Pittsburgh Pirates who stink. And let's face it, the Pirates are another one of those dreadful organizations and dreadful ball clubs. They're not a very good team. And you allow the, the Pirates to put a seven spot up on you. And Strider's giving, you know, six runs up. And look, Strider, Strider's had some really good starts here of late. But And the thing that's, you know, been his downfall has been just too many home runs given up. And then he doesn't give up home runs last night. And again, you know, he gets beat around. They they were they were hitting doubles off them. They weren't hitting balls out of the ballpark, but they were hitting doubles off them. And again, I'll say this for the eight thousandth time: this is not about winning the division. Well, you complain because you're winning, because again, we know that they're going to win the division. I'm the first guy that told you about winning the division. I'm the first guy that went all hot takey like Sal Lipskitz and all that stuff, and told you that they were they're winning the division. That's that's been a foregone conclusion. Again, the mutts and the Philadelphia Phillies and the fishnets, none of those teams are going to catch the Braves, but this is about playoff baseball. This is about making sure you've got the horses to get you through 11 wins in the playoffs and winning the World Series. You know, they had a magical run with their pitching a couple years ago when, or a couple few years ago, whatever it is, you know, when they had that World Series run. And Ian Anderson was a big part of that, and Max Fried. You know. But, again, when I watch this team at times, you think to yourself, okay, uh, I mean, why are we struggling against 
the Pirates and things like that. And, and I understand, guys, you know, we're getting to that point of the year where, you know, for Elder, for Strider, they're pitching a lot more, right? I mean, they're they're having to shoulder a lot, of, a lot more of the load. But I just don't want it to be a situation like last year where we we went through, we go through the division and obviously last year we had to expend a lot of our ammunition just to get to the divisional title right but once you got to the playoffs then it was like all right you expended a lot of your energy and you just didn't have a lot left i don't want that to be this way, that way this year this ball club is too good they're too dominant and, and they have too much talent on this club so i hope that the starting pitching isn't the real downfall of this team. Again, Strider is the leader in the clubhouse for the Cy Young. Elders had a really good season. He's an all-star. Max Fried is the best left-hander in baseball. Charlie Morton is a 200-strikeout pitcher, even at 40 years old. There's a lot to like about this starting staff, but at the same time, I worry about, okay, can we get it done against not the Pirates, not the Mutts, not the Nationals, not the Padres. I worry about can we get it done against the Dodgers and the Brewers and different teams like that at the top of the, you know, top of the National League and then eventually, you know, the Rays or Rangers or whoever in it. I just want this team to, again, make sure that they have all of their bases covered because this team is too good not to win the World Series. That's why they're the overwhelming favorite. That's why they're on FanDuel, the, the betting favorite, the overwhelming favorite to be the World Series champion. Why? Because they've been so dominant this year. We'll see what happens, but I certainly don't want starting pitching to be the bugaboo for this team. All right, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Speaking of which, as you're betting on Major League Baseball, FanDuel has got you covered where you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's right, up to $200. So you can bet 20 bucks on FanDuel and get yourself $200 in bonus bets, whether you win or whether you lose. That's 200 bucks that you can spend on everything from betting the money line to over-unders to who's going to hit the first home run. And obviously with FanDuel, it's a safe, secure, super easy-to-use app. Most importantly, though, is, and this is the best part, when you win, they pay you instantly. So you don't have to wait around for your money. You get instant payment when you win. No better place to bet on Major League Baseball than on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So head over today to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N and get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on, FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. So injury leads to opportunity. So as we know, Jeff Okuda, which they got good news, by the way, too, over the weekend about Jeff Okuda and the idea that he's going to be back early in the season. And Arthur Smith was not specific with the timeline because he doesn't really know at this point, right? I mean, again, we know he's not going to be ready for the preseason, but Certainly week one, week two, week three. I mean, he he said, look, you know, be sometime early in the season. But I'm looking at this as injury is creating opportunity because here's the thing. If Jeff Okuda balls out, there's a definite chance that as he becomes a free agent, he could leave this club. Like he could get 
paid way too much money to stay with the Atlanta Falcons. Or again, he might want to stay with this team. I don't know what his plans are or whatever like that. But if he flames out and he can't stay healthy, or if he balls out and, and becomes a top-tier corner, you know, there's a definite chance that he could be with another team come next year or not on this team. I mean, again, with the one-year contract. So you need to look at <clears throat> what you've got available. And I, I'll tell you, I like Clark Phillips. I want to see what he can do as a starting corner. Let, let's throw him out there and see what he can do in the preseason. And I'm not asking him to start during the regular season and be an impact player and all this kind of stuff. And we know that there are things about, about him, the size limitations and stuff like this. It's not about necessarily his talent, not about his ball skills or different things like that, but size is certainly a factor at his height and going up against bigger, better wide receivers and such. But let's see what we have on some of these defensive backs. You know, I want to see Mike Hughes on the outside. I can see, I can afford to see Trey Flowers on the outside. Trey Flowers has been the guy who's pretty much been running with the ones as, as, um, as uh, Jeff Okuda has been out. You know, Trey Flowers has been been lining up with the ones. He's had experience. Well, let's see Mike Hughes. Let's see Clark Phillips and some of these guys. I, I hope that we see kind of a round robin of what we have at cornerback without Jeff Okuda and what life could look like moving forward. You know, without him. Again, I want Okuda to succeed. I hope he gets healthy and he comes back, and I hope he balls out. I hope he plays <clears throat> lights out in his contract year, and I hope he gets paid a ton of money, and hopefully if he balls out, he gets paid by the Atlanta Falcons to come in and, and be their number two corner to go along with A.J. Terrell. I hope all of that happens, but you better have a contingency plan, <laughs> Right. And this is an opportunity for some guys to step up and see what they have. I, I don't mind seeing a mixture of Flowers, Hughes, Clark Phillips. I don't mind seeing a D. Alford, you know, another guy that let's see what he can do on the outside. Like, let's find out what we have in some of these guys. You know, I think Alford's a, a nice player. He's a good rotational piece to, to bring into the mix. Let's see what we have if he can stay on the outside. Let's see Clark Phillips play some outside and line up against some some guys. Can he stand on the other side of a you know top cornerback? I mean, I want to see these kinds of things out of this group of uh, defensive backs because the reality is <clears throat> there may be some you know changes when we get through this year. Phillips will be with the team. There's a definite chance that D. Alford, depending on how he plays, would be with the team. You know, Mike Hughes, we don't know about. Uh, Jeff Okuda, obviously, we, there's big question marks. So let's see what we have in some of these guys. Trey Flowers, just kind of a rotational piece. Again, he's got experience. He's got starting experience. You know, I kind of know what he is probably at this point. But let's see what some of these other guys are. You know, Mike Hughes is a former first-round pick who's – whether it's bad coaching, whether it's been underused, whatever like that. Let's see what we have in some of these guys. So again, injury leads itself to opportunity. And, and I'm, you know, I'm embracing the idea of guys playing a lot in this preseason that maybe normally wouldn't get as much time to play or certainly throwing some guys into some situations <clears throat> where you find out 
like you know like taking basically a, a baby and throwing him in the deep end of the pool and let's see if he can sink or swim let's see what we have in some of these guys because there is a definite reality that jeff okuda who can certainly be the talent that he can be a starting corner opposite aj terrell and certainly probably looks to be the starting corner when he gets back and hopefully it'll be sooner than later and he'll be part of our starting lineup here for you know umpteen weeks or what have you line up against a you know the opposite side of aj terrell hopefully that he's a guy who can be a big time player in this in this defense but until then let me see what i've gotten some of these guys let me see what i have in again clark phillips mike hughes you know trey flowers to a degree d alford Cornell Armstrong is another guy. Let's see. Let's see what we have in some of these guys. These guys are still really young. They don't have a ton of experience. Armstrong has not played a whole lot, obviously. He got thrown. And by the way, Armstrong got thrown into a bad situation last year, a horrible situation. Oh, yeah. Go line up against Jamar Chase because we don't have our starting corner. You know, that's not a that's not an ideal scenario. Uh, that that's that there that's the difference between sinking and swimming and i'm just going to put a gun to your head and, and pull the trigger with you know loaded 357 like that's that's a no win situation at that point and and by the way as the season went on he actually held his own he actually played better as the season went along so let's see what we have in some of these guys because again we might have to figure out some things <clears throat> for the long term down the road even a year or two from now and let's see what we have in some of these guys you know Injury is leading to opportunity. Hope some guys take advantage of this opportunity that's presented to them. All right, as you listen in to Hitting Hard, make sure that you leave us a comment on whatever podcast platform that you're showing, uh, you're listening to us on, and let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. We like to call them our everydayers, and we do thank you so much for being a part of our community. But let us know that you're an everyday or you're listening in five days a week to the program. So two names we're not really hearing a whole lot about for the Falcons. Um, one is on the offensive side. One's on the defensive side. So first off, on the offensive side of things is Jalen Mayfield. Now, Jalen Mayfield, when we last saw him play, was having the worst season as an interior offensive lineman in the entirety of the NFL. He was literally the worst offensive lineman in the entirety of the NFL. Now, fast forward here a couple of years later, and he's back at tackle. So he's going back to his natural position um, where he was forced into being the left guard because of injuries to it. But he's going back to tackle. And let's see what he's got. You know, again, obviously McGarry is the starting right tackle. I'm not concerned about that. But... If something happens, can Mayfield handle the job? Can can he get his career back on track after what was a disastrous rookie year that he was thrown into a bad situation? Again, we talk about situations. <clears throat> that wasn't a matter of sink or swim. That was, hey, you've never played this position. We have injuries, and go get him, big fella. So part of that wasn't fair, but he also didn't adapt to the position or he didn't really get that much better but again we can we can argue those semantics or what have you but 
He's a guy that we're not hearing a whole lot about so far on the offensive line. And that's because, again, I know he's a rotational player. But come Miami, well, first off, come practices, let's see what he can do in these joint practices. Because the joint practices, to be honest with you, that'll be more important than probably the game itself. We'll learn probably more in the joint practices than we're going to learn in a preseason game against the Dolphins. Because it's going to be first preseason game. It's going to be probably very vanilla. But there'll be some hitting and some competition. And again, both coaches talked about this. Um, you know, co the coach for the Dolphins and Arthur Smith both talked about the idea of, you know, guys seizing opportunity and getting at it and, you know, making a name for themselves or what have you. Because even, even um, uh, the Dolphins coach talked about the idea of, hey, we're not only watching our guys, but we're going to watch their guys as well. Because there may be a guy that gets cut or what have you that we may look at him to to pick him up. And familiarity would be a, a, a key in this where, okay, we've seen him play against some of our guys. So, again, both these teams are going to be looking at at different guys and things like that, not just their own guys, but potentially some other guys that are going to be out there. So, again, Mayfield is a guy who we haven't seen him in a while since his rookie year. I want to see a good bit of him. I want to see I want to see him play a lot against this, you know, Dolphins defensive line. And I want to see him if he just looks, I mean, even if we don't learn about everything that we need to know, does he look more comfortable? Is he comfortable back at his natural position? Has he learned from his time after his rookie year? Like all of these things I just I want to kind of see out of Jalen Mayfield and let's see what we have in him. Now, on the defensive side of the football, one name that we're really not hearing about is Bud Dupree, who obviously has had a lot of success <clears throat> in the NFL, but it does feel like in some ways he's being looked as an afterthought. You know, we're not hearing his name come up as far as all these spectacular plays in practice or this or that or whatever like that. He's just going about his business. And maybe that's the, the profile that he's, you know, setting right now. But obviously, you know, as we look at pass rush and we look at Ebicady and Caden Ellis and Lorenzo Carter and, you know, D'Angelo Malone and, you know, the, the you know, the, the cavalcade of, you know, stars that we have to, you know, figure out a way to sack the quarterback, Calais Campbell or what have you, that cavalcade group of guys that, you know, we need to sack the quarterback. But Dupree's has been kind of like, you know, there. Now, I've talked to some people that they feel like that, you know, he may not end up making it when all is said and done. He's not had injuries, but, you know, he may not make it when when all of this becomes through and comes to fruition, and he may not make the active roster. But as of right now, again, he's another guy that I know what kind of player that he is. I'm not asking him to, you know, show me something that he isn't. You know, we've seen enough of Bud Dupree in his career that, we know the kind of player that he is, but is he still the impact player that he was a handful of years ago? Is he still that kind of player? Can he still make an impact? You know, if he goes, if he goes out there as part of a rotation of guys and he's lining up against, you know, a lot of your back, back uh, end guys, you know, I want to see if he can make an impact on a play because we really haven't heard again. He's the guy on the defensive side that we really haven't talked a whole lot about. Talked about their secondary, talked about Caden Ellis, talked about Eva Katie, 
talked a lot about all these different guys, Onyemata and Calais Campbell and everybody who, by the way, is back now with the Falcons. Taking on the uh, pup, taking off the pup list and again, past his physical and he's ready to rock and roll. And I don't, I don't plan to see him at all in preseason. In fact, I would hope that they don't even play him in preseason at this point. I mean, again, 15 years in the league, he doesn't need preseason football to get himself ready. So I don't care about all of that, but I would like to see some Bud Dupree. I would like to see him in his defensive scheme, see if he can get some of that magic that he had in years past, see if he can figure out some things and, and kind of get his career back on track. It's not like he's fallen off a cliff, but he hasn't been the same impact player that he has been in the past. So he's on the defensive side of the football that I wouldn't mind seeing what he can do here coming up this week against the Dolphins as we get ready for Friday. And we'll talk more about the game as we get into uh, all of that uh, here this week. But we're going to certainly watch these practices that are coming up, these practices with the Dolphins, because, again, we'll probably learn a lot more from that than we will actually them playing in the game on Friday night. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard your first listen. Be sure to go in and leave us a comment on whatever po- podcast platform that you listen on. Let us know that you're an everyday listener to the program. When I call them our everydayers, and we thank you so much for being a part of our community. We ask you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Get the latest episodes of Hitting Hard as soon as they become available. Also, check us out on the SiriusXM app as well, and give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.